0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSC. Nelson we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast And Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome,
1: welcome, to Utopia. Alright, John, you ready to do a little pregame six pack for this back Alright, let's do it. Pre-game six pack for the Arizona Cardinals. We'll give our prediction at the uh, at the end of the six-pack as well. Six people, position groups, or storylines that impact this game. Tremendously. We should know here that the spread has been hovering on this game. The lowest I've seen it is Texans minus four. That's where I got it earlier this week. Today, this morning, it was Texans minus four and a half. It got up to five. So that's where we are right now. The Texans are hovering as about a four or five point favorite. I would imagine Kyler Murray's presence in this game has a lot to do with that. If this was a Clayton Toon situation, I'm guessing the Texans are over a touchdown favorite at home against the Cardinals, but they've got their franchise quarterback back for this game. So, John, with that uh, laid out, You are up first, my friend.
0: I'm not going to break it down by position. I'm going to do the whole defense because they've got to keep him bottled up and not let Murray break long runs when his protection breaks down. And Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson, Jr., statistically are the best set of ends at setting the edge. And I can't remember if that's next-gen stats or pro football focus. And they're going to have to be really disciplined about Murray. And I would guess they might have somebody spying on him, Yeah, maybe Jalen Petrie. I don't know. Petrie's coming off a bad game in which he missed too many tackles. But they're going to have a special plan for Kyler Murray, as they should. And they run the ball pretty well, even before he was back. That's what they did best. So their offense is going to be good. It's going to be a good test for the overall defense that gave up some big pass plays. But that's what happens when you're missing three of your top four safeties, and they could be missing them again. Obviously, M.J. Stewart, Derek Murray on IR, and uh, Jimmy Ward may miss a second game in a row. And that's why DeAndre Houston Carson stepping up with an interception and seven unassisted tackles was such a, a – Big deal for the defense, but they can't let Murray find receivers down the field and they gotta keep him
1: contained. John, did you just take the whole defense as an item on the six pack? You took one whole side of the football.
0: I did. Well, you can still break it down into all right. Field. I'm going
1: to. I'm gonna I'm Mine's gonna play all off about, of
0: because mine was all about containing Tyler Murray. Murray.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna dovetail off of what you just said. I want to hone in on that spy part of the whole thing, putting a spy on him. He is the type of quarterback you need to put a spy on him. Um, when they won the game last week against Atlanta, it wasn't because Drew Petzig, their offensive coordinator, was scheming up a bunch of plays to go have have them drive down and get a field goal, unlike the Texans. They got down there because Kyler Murray had a big scramble on a third and 10. that was vintage Kyler Murray where he runs backwards for about 15 yards so that he can run forward for 25 and get a first down. And then the play that put them in field goal position was Kyler just throwing a ball up to Trey McBride, the tight end who may find his way into this six pack at some point as well. Um, so I think the spy on Kyler, especially obviously for the scrambling part of it more than anything else. And that's why I will get specific. And I would say Blake Cashman would be my guy. That would be the guy that I would have as, as the, the spy on, on Kyler Murray. I think he's got the athleticism to do it. I think he's got the discipline to do it. And I think he's been one of their best tacklers this year, which is a big key. That's why Petrie would scare me as a spy for Kyler Murray. Petrie's tackling John, he's been in position to do things. He was in position to do things last week. His tackling is still suspect this year, and that that's that's disappointing to me.
0: Absolutely. I talked to Blake Cashman in the locker room on uh, Wednesday mm-hmm. and asked him because I, t- I pointed out you were hurt your entire career with the Jets, you were on an hour, and then you got here. I said, has something changed? And he said as soon as he came to Houston – they started telling him about things that he should do about all the soft tissue injuries that he had. And he says he's put a lot of time into it and it takes a lot of time to constantly be working on your body, but it's worked. He's been able to stay healthy. Got a, I think, didn't he get an extension? Uh, Yeah. Well, for this year. Yeah. 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 And so uh, he's very, very happy, very fit. And I think that's just so interesting that one team would have him do something that another team did not.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully he can pass some of those tricks of the trade for soft tissue injuries on to Derek Stingley Jr. That would be sweet if he could do that. What's your next one, John?
0: It's got to be C.J. Stroud. I don't think he can continue to be Superman every game. Now, he had three turnovers, two of which were legitimate. That fumble was just preposterous and should have been an incompletion. But uh, I think that as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, like he did, and I think the odds are against him doing it two two games in a row and him just continue to make the plays down the field. I'm blown away at how well they throw the ball down the field. I was listening to NFL radio this week, and a guy I know who's been on there a lot was talking about they don't ask Stroud to do too much in that offense, and I'm saying obviously you're not paying any attention. No, Because I no. ask him to do so much in that offense. He's not going to keep averaging 400 yards a game. I think they take 260 or 270 with no turnovers, a couple touchdown passes. So I'm going to say Stroud's going to have to make sure he outplays Kyler Murray.
1: John, I'll give you some numbers that will back up uh, that will make you feel good if that's one of your keys. The, uh, the Arizona Cardinals' pass defense is they give up 101 passer rating to opposing quarterbacks. That is 31st in the NFL. Um, they allow over 26 points per game. That is 28th in the NFL. They are 29th in the NFL on allowing third-down conversions, which C.J. Stroud is one of the best third-down converters in the NFL and maybe the best rookie third-down converter that I have ever seen in my life. So it lines up nicely for your six-pack pick to do good things there.
0: That bodes very well for the offense in general and, of course, Stroud in particular.
1: Yep. So I'm going to add to that, John, with my next one, Nico Collins. Nico's back at practice this week. When I heard Nico might have been able to have played last week, but they're, I'm guessing being cautious because he's been injury prone. Um, but he's back at practice. He's going to play on Sunday. John, he's got to have watched these last couple weeks, both the game he played in against Tampa Bay and the one he watched from the sidelines against Cincinnati and said to himself, I want in on this party, man. We had a 470-yard passing performance against Tampa Bay, and then three guys get 100 yards in that game, and I wasn't one of them. And then he's sitting and he's watching – He's watching Noah Brown get a buck 72. Noah Brown, of all people, getting a buck 72 and Tank Dell piecing the Bengals defense. And you know Dalton Schultz is getting things done again with 71 yards receiving. Nico Collins is healthy, and he has had some big games this year. And I think he wants in on this party. So Nico Collins, my pick is for Nico Collins. He is this week's 100-yard receiver because he's too tired. He's, he's very tired of watching all these other guys pile up all these stats.
0: Noah Brown leads the league in average yards per catch. The Texans are one of – they're the only team in the league that has four players, including Schultz, who are in the top 25 in yards. Man, uh, number one is Collins, number two is Dale, three is Brown, four is Schultz. Mm-hmm. Those guys, think about where we thought they were wide receiver-wise to start the season. Now, Collins and Brown outside, both big, both block like crazy. Tank Dale moving around from the slot, swapping with Noah Brown, putting Brown in the slot, and then with Dalton Schultz catching and
1: blocking his butt off. Yeah.
0: That receiver group coached by Ben McDaniels has done a tremendous job.
1: I still see a lot of people, John, like, what's up with John Mechie? How come John Mechie isn't getting on the field? And my feeling on that is two things. One, to your point, you look—you just named off a bunch of guys and had and Robert Woods in there, too, who's you know back healthy again. It's weird to say, but it's hard for Mechie to get on the field right now because these guys are playing so well in front of him. Secondly, when Mechie has gotten on the field, he's actually done some things the last couple weeks. He's made some some catches in some crucial situations. He made a couple catches in that Bengals game, one that got him down, in the shadows of the goalpost there at about the five-yard line. And Mechie blocks his ass off when he's in the game, too. He's a really good blocker. So I, I'm fine with – given how – I mean, it's it's hard to complain about anything with the passing offense. I'm not going to sit here and complain about Mechie when they're putting up 300 yards a game passing offense.
0: One one of the things, um, when I went back and, and watched uh, the game a couple of times – and when a guy makes a big play down the field, they usually take him out immediately, let him catch mm-hmm. his breath, or if his guy's been blocking somebody, knocked him on the ground, they'll pull him out because they've got other guys ready to go. So really, if you think about the wide receivers, they're five deep, and if Xavier Hutchinson got to play, they'll tell him what he'd be able to do. He yeah, that's nice. Playing time. If he's in the game, I'm thinking end around.
1: Yeah, no kidding, right? He's he's run a couple this year, and they've looked really, really good. All right, what's your last one for the six-pack, John?
0: It's the offensive line continuing to run block the way it did against Cincinnati. I know the Bengals were bad coming in, 27th, I believe. But the Panthers were 31st. Now they ran for 110. So I think if the, they continue to run block and Devin Singletary can can plant that foot and go, pick up the right holes, make make some – he's got some moves – and uh, plus the fact, you know he's small, but man thirty carries, he didn't flinch. So the run blocking, I think, is still paramount to what they want to accomplish on offense.
1: They were good pass blocking too, the offensive line. They only allowed one sack on forty one dropbacks against the the Bengals uh, last week. so they've been they've been solid all year protecting uh, CJ in the passing game, but they were really solid last week. So, yeah, hopefully, um hopefully more of that on uh, on Sunday. All right, my last one, John, this is similar to um, similar to coming out of the bye week uh, against Carolina. I think one of my six-pack items, I think my last six-pack item was how do the Texans handle having read their own press clippings for two weeks, about how amazing they've been. And they obviously, I, I hesitate to say they didn't handle it well because I don't think that was the reason they lost to Carolina. Like, I didn't like I, I they just executed poorly on offense and i thought bobby slow called just a horrendous game that game with all the all the runs on first and second down very predictable um i didn't think effort was a huge issue they made some mistakes in that game so i you know they, so i think they as far as like they reading their own press clippings yeah they lost that game i don't know that that was the reason but I think similarly now it's you know similar dynamic. They've won two in a row. CJ is the toast of the league. Like literally he is the toast of the league right now. Their offense is being talked about like one of the most prolific high flying offenses in the NFL. God, when has that happened in Houston? That's been a decade mm-hmm. since we've been talking about the Texans offensively like this. And, um, and just so, so I will be curious to see, do they come out fast, especially at home? Do they come out fast in this game? What what does this look like? What's the start of this game look like? Do they let Arizona hang around in this game? I know the spread's only four and a half, five, so it's not a big, big spread, but the Texans are clearly the more talented football team. I think they're the better coached football team. They're by far the more explosive football team and the the more complete football team in all three phases of the game. This is a game that, in my opinion, this is a game they should win by two scores. Absolutely. Get on them early. So how do the Texans come out in this game, having looked so good the last couple of games? Do they come out a little sluggish, or do they come out ready to put their foot on the throw? Because I think if they come out fast, I don't think they're going to let Arizona hang around very long in this game. If they do
0: come out sluggish, Sean, I think what we're going to see is the crowd will have an effect on this game, uh, exhorting them. Uh, if that happens, but I would think the adrenaline will be flowing because there should be a good crowd. Yeah, and uh, I don't think for a minute every seat's going to be filled because they never are. But yeah. the if they win this game, that Jacksonville game ought to be the actual most most fans they've had in the stands. But I think the crowd, just like in the last game when they had the great comeback against Tampa, they were uh, proud, loud, and proud, and they they could have an effect on the game.
1: What's your prediction?
0: I'm taking the uh, Texans to win twenty-seven to twenty-three.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. So you think this thing's going to hang right around the spread? You see a close game on Sunday.
0: I hope I'm wrong, but they had that big game in Cincinnati. Yeah. They got a big one coming up against Jacksonville, so we'll see how they handle the success and if they if they're looking ahead.
1: Well, to be clear, I hope you're right. Like, I'll take a twenty-seven twenty-three win. Um, if I were betting on the game, which I did. Um, I got it at minus four. I don't know that I'd root for your final score. A push is better than a loss, I would say. But if I had minus four and a half, I'll tell you right now, I would hate it if they finished 27-23 for sure. But I'll take a win. I'll take a dub. I'm going to go 31-20 in this game. I think the Texans win by two scores. I think they win by double digits. And I don't think they let Arizona really put a scare into them on Sunday. So, um, So John and I both have the Texans winning this game. I've got them winning and covering fairly handily in this game.